0: Hello? Hello? Podcast Network Asia
1: This episode of On Deck with Stancy is brought to you by Podmetrics. Whether you're a rookie at podcasting or a veteran or a super expert or somebody who's just doing it for fun since we have a little bit more extra time now that we're all stuck at home, you can actually use Podmetrics to know so much more about your show and who you're able to reach. You can get information like who's listening, where they are, what their profiles are like, even their listening habits. Podmetrics can take care of all of that and more so you can focus on creating better content. You can even integrate Podmetrics with Facebook and YouTube so you can get more data Data from your live streams. So, if you're a podcaster or you want to start your own podcast, go check out Podmetrics.co. Once again, that is Podmetrics.co, and sign up for free. So, whether you've got hundreds of episodes under your belt or you're trying to figure out how to get from episode one Welcome to On Deck with Stan C. This podcast is produced by Podcast Network Asia. On this podcast, I tell the real stories behind the real people behind the mic. And my next guest is somebody whose story I've wanted to hear, somebody I've wanted to meet for a very long time. I first knew that I had some connection to him when I was working at Mellow 94.7 and a bunch of former campus radio DJs had gone on to Mellow. There was Angel Gonzalez, JB Hariol... Uh, Another one who's still there, Alex Puruganan, she trained under campus. And I was also really good friends with Indy Singh, who's still at Mellow as their chief announcer and who used to do the traffic updates on campus radio as Hot Mama Maria. And she would tell me stories about John Hendricks and about how they used to chat on the phone even when the mics were off. And I was like, man, what I'd give to be a fly on the wall in those conversations and what I'd give to just meet the man, the myth, the legend... I tried to make it happen several times, it just never did, and all I really wanted to do was to meet the guy who influenced me to get into radio. Fast forward so many years later, I finally found a way. Big shout out to my friend Cal Fabi, who's also an alumnus of the radio industry. He just started a group chat, connected us, and one thing led to another, and I got to record with John Hendricks over the weekend, and we had such a long conversation that I had to split it into two parts, two episodes No complaints on my end, and he's got all the stories from how he got into radio, to how Campus Radio was at its peak, to his highlights, and to that very dark day when Campus Radio said goodbye. He tells it all from his point of view, and I get to tell him as well how he influenced me to get into radio. So all of that is on deck for this week and next week. Before we get to John Hendricks, let me tell you that 11.11 is right around the corner And your online shopping can help support both this podcast and Podcast Network Asia. And you can do it in these simple steps. First off, click this link, tinyurl.com slash ondeckxlazada. Again, hit it up, tinyurl.com slash ondeckxlazada. Put those items in your cart. And when you check out Come 11.11, every successful purchase and every item delivered to your doorstep gives me and the network a small commission to help keep the lights on. And here's something new that I'm throwing in for 1111. You can use my special promo code, PNA1111LAZ. Again, that's PNA1111LAZ. And you'll get 111 pesos off your first Lazada purchase. Again, that code is PNA1111LAZ. So do it and do it right now. It's also a very important day, not just in the US, but in the world because, well, it's election day. And Election Day in the U.S. could very well influence the next four years of the U.S., if not the world. And, you know, I know we have our own stuff going on right here. Some good, most of them bad. And as early as now, you can actually be part of the 2022 election process. And that's through voter registration. It's something I've been talking about repeatedly on the podcast. It's something that means a lot to me and to every Filipino out there. So please go out and register to vote whether you're a first-time voter or somebody who's moved addresses or somebody who's changed their name legally, please go out there, register to vote, make sure you have a voice come 2022. Komilek will keep voter registration open until September of 2021. So you have less than a year to make it happen. So please go out there, make sure you're a voter. And if you want to know more, just check out votepilipinas.com. Again, that's votepilipinas.com. They've made it super easy for everyone to know how to register and they can help you out if you have any questions along the way. All right, I've kept you waiting long enough it's time for me to get to part one of my interview with John Hendricks. My guest for this week on deck is someone I'd like to call a dream get as a fan growing up of uh, Campus Radio. you know I, I, I've always wondered how I'd be able to talk to this guest. And believe me, I've tried for years to find a way to meet this guest through connections and connections and connections and then all it took was a message to my good friend Kel Fabi I shot my shot and now he's on the podcast please welcome the great John Hendricks John thank you so much for uh you know making the time to join me on the podcast
0: oh thanks thanks for having me it's great to be here it's uh uh it's my first time so yeah uh uh I'm looking forward to uh, uh, your questions, and I hope, I hope uh, we don't put anyone to sleep
1: over the next I hope I don't hour. disappoint you as I pop your podcast cherry.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, that's it. That's it, precisely. So here I am, podcast virgin.
1: After this, then I'm in. <laughs> How have you <laughs> nice been through uh, the pandemic and this really crazy time we're in?
0: Uh, well, things have been pretty much okay. Uh, i have uh, fortunately you know uh business is, is is steady uh i have to admit though that uh, revenues aren't the way uh, they were pre pandemic but uh yeah it's uh there are uh, certain ha- what's what's the expression for it uh, there's ser- uh, certain levels of survival that we're <laughs> that we're willing to, to uh to to have i mean j- just to stay afloat uh, we we have to compromise you know uh, but there are lots of opportunities even now, especially virtual events. My business is events, so we're everyone's pivoting to digital, to virtual, and uh, yeah, it's 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 pretty good. It's pretty good. Could be better, but uh, can't complain. You know uh, that's uh, that's the situation.
1: Yeah, it is what it is. So what, what what's a day like for you now, uh, while we've all been stuck at home? Oh, uh, yeah.
0: Well, uh, ironically, you'd think that you wouldn't get uh, enough work done, but thanks to Zoom and all these uh, virtual meetings—you got Zoom, you got Teams, you've got uh, Google Meets. Um So, ironically, you you think that the meetings would be a lot less. There are a lot more now. You know, you can you can have several meetings a day, whereas uh, before the pandemic uh, hit, you would have to you know set a meeting for a certain time of the a certain day of the week, and you yeah. go to the, yeah have it in person, face to face. Now it's just okay. All right, here we are you could uh, a client's going to say yeah, let's have a meeting at uh, such and such a clock and you can't get away <laughs> so yeah there is the communication is uh, is uh, is much more uh, immediate to a fault to a fault so you've got to figure out a way to balance it out
1: yeah, the crazy thing with us all being stuck at home and then connected to our devices and, uh, and to the internet is we've all been forced to be like vloggers, not in. Like, we all have to have our own ring light set up and the camera and know how to uh, perform in front of that. So, how was that adjust, uh, adjustment process for you from being at these events in person to having to shift online?
0: Oh, uh, well, um, I haven't done very much uh, uh, hosting live. Uh, lately i i still do the voiceover gig you know i mean voiceovers are steady uh but live uh, i i've never really had to worry about ring lights and, and and all that all that uh just yet i don't know if i'm ever i'm going to get into that because uh the business uh takes up a lot of the time so live hosting was easy i don't know i've never really done it with 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 the with the ring light setup uh, i have a i have a lamp <laughs> no, it's not even a ring light it's a lamp so so no, no, nothing uh, i haven't I haven't uh, I haven't uh, taken the plunge into hosting online yet although lots of friends lots of my friends do it, and uh, they look like they're having fun you know and they're, and they're doing great you know it's it's awesome it's awesome and the thing about doing it also here in in the screen is that everyone can see your face so up close you know it used to be you were on the stage and you didn't really, yeah. you really didn't have to worry about you know something hanging out your nose or something in your teeth you're too far away but this is <laughs> you just can see everything. This is it, yeah. Yeah, this is it. All right, all right. It's just so at least you can see yourself. So right, yeah. But uh, haven't done that yet. Uh, it's pretty exciting though, and there are lots of uh, there are lots of uh, there are lots of uh, possibilities. There's uh, a lot that you can do um, creatively with it because we do virtual events and our hosts, you know, go on cam and all that. So there's a lot that you can do as far as graphics are concerned you know uh, virtual backgrounds you yeah. know and anim- all animated transitions just to keep the audience engaged so yeah it's it's a it's a it's it's a it's, it's, uh, it's uh there's a lot of potential there's a lot of potential in that area
1: so uh, before we started recording i told you that i have a a, a very cool story at least to me that involves you <laughs> and one of your uh one of your former coworkers at campus one Koji morales who used oh, yeah. to by joe spinner
0: yeah 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 we're, we're very we're very close. I love the guy. I haven't. Uh, I I really I really should. Uh, I really should uh, get in touch with him again because uh, we've been so busy. So let's see. It's almost his birthday. I think. So I think uh, this is birthday in a couple of weeks. So I better give him a call soon. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So like life happens, right? And like um, for you guys, life happened, and then it happened to me. Uh, and I just got to say, you and Koji are the reasons why I got into radio. Oh my gosh! Really? So um, I don't know if you remember ever doing this talk at Savior School in 2007. So you guys were at a career talk, which I attended. (laughs) I signed up for the law career talk and the media career talk. Mm -hmm. So I went to the law career talk first, which was done by a Savior alumnus, and he was boring as hell. And he was like, (laughs) in law school, you will have to read 100 pages a day. And he holds up literally the the 100-page readings. And I was like, all "All right." right. F this, I'm out. <laughs> Not my cup of tea. I go to the media talk about an hour later, and there the two of you were in front, just casually talking about how much fun you had on the radio, all the yeah. music you got to play. And I was like, um, you know, these are the guys I grew up listening to, and you wow. know, they they speak so genuinely about the craft, about the industry. And I was like, damn, I want to take the plunge. I'm in. So I uh, I knew right then and there I wanted to do uh, air check. Yeah. So, uh, it broke my heart that a couple of months later, uh, camp was reformatted. Oh, yeah, and was That's like,
0: 2007, yeah, yeah.
1: Yes, so I was like, well, shit, uh, I'm not going <laughs> to get into radio anymore. But, you yeah. know, um, that was the career talk that basically changed my life because, um, uh, what, Fourteen years later, 13, 14 years later, I'm here. I'm in radio, and yeah. I'm talking to you about it. I'm telling you my story. I told Koji this story as well uh, right. back when we were working along the same floor. So it's just nuts, uh, and I just got to say thank you for for that moment because you uh, you probably didn't know it then, but you know you changed my life.
0: Wow, that's, you know that's that's great to hear. I'm 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 floored by by this. It's it's really great. You know, it's uh it's uh it, it makes me very um, uh, it gives a little bit more meaning to what, uh, what we used to do back in radio. Because really what we wanted to do back then was, you know, just uh, we, weren't, we weren't really going for changing people's lives uh, in that way. But it's always great to hear uh, stories just like yours, you know, is that uh, you're talking on the radio, you're talking to many, many people at the same time, you know, thousands of people at the same time. And uh, whenever you play a song, it's the one song, but everyone's got a different experience of that song. So you've got like thousands of experiences, individual experiences. They, they, uh, they uh, interpret it uh, according to their own experience and they enjoy it on their own terms. So uh, if that's the way it affected you, then, you know, I don't, I really don't know what to say. I'm just really, really thankful that you told me this story because, you know, it gives a little bit more meaning uh, to to what we've done, even if it was such a long time ago, uh, back in, say, in 2007. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, I remember I first listened to you guys, I think, in 2002, 2003. So, like, I, I, I don't know how I found Campus Radio, but I just did. It was on my car radio. Um, and, you know, uh, the passion with which you guys did things was something that, um, really exuded and something that rubbed off on me, I guess. But were you always a fan of the industry in general, even before you got into it?
0: Yeah, just, uh, just like you. Um, I, I, I enjoyed, uh, radio a lot, uh, in high school. You know, it, it's your, it's your constant companion. Um, it's what you turn to when, uh, when, uh, no one else is around. And, uh, there were many shows on radio that resonated with me and, uh, uh, you know when you're in high school you do house chores i i, I wash the dishes a lot and you know <laughs> every time you wash the dishes or you're doing your homework or you're you know uh fixing up uh your room you know uh, you listen to the radio you know and uh it uh, it makes a very very uh, deep impression uh when you're young and so uh in college when the opportunity came up uh, we grabbed it and we were lucky enough to go down that road so yeah even before even before uh, taking the plunge and getting into it professionally, uh, there were already, you know, there was already that aspiration. You, there was already that uh, that uh, desire to go on air. We didn't know how. Um, we just wanted to emulate our idols um, and our influences, and hopefully, you know, make people enjoy make people enjoy what they hear when they uh, tune in.
1: Who are those idols of yours on radio?
0: Well, um, there was a particular radio show back in the 80s. Uh, of course, uh, uh, the Top 40 Countdowns uh, by, from Casey Kasem. Yep. Uh, American Top 40. That was really cool. But uh, the show that I gravitated towards was the one by Rick Dees. Uh, Rick Dees had a Top 40 Countdown as well. And what I liked about his show was that it was funny. And it was very informative. Not only was it entertaining, it was very informative and you would pick up a lot of information about about uh, the artists and uh, and and the music and the stories behind the music and if you hear a song it's uh, it's a song you you, you take it uh, uh, as it comes but if you know the story behind the song if you if you know a little bit more about why the artist wrote it, if you know why he used certain words or certain lines, then it just gives you a, a deeper insight into into the craft, uh, into the art. Yeah, of course, you can listen to the radio and just enjoy the song, you know, without having to know these things. But uh, it's an added value, I think, and I appreciated that. And uh, uh, that's what I tried to do with, uh, with, with my show, is try to give out that information as well. Hopefully, the people will get to enjoy or uh, um, appreciate that piece of art, music, uh, a little bit more uh, with that information.
1: You mentioned that uh, in, in college, you tried to get into the industry. So uh, which station did you audition for? And what was the audition process like?
0: Oh, I, I only ever auditioned uh, for one for one station. Uh, I used to, in high school, what we would do is we would visit the radio stations. Philcom Comsen was still up at that time. Yeah. Uh, and all the stations were there, right? Including yours. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, we would go to KC. WKC, we would visit Magic, and we would hang out at uh, KC at this time. It was like a joke, joke, joke type of station. Okay. <laughs> Just a joke, joke, joke type of station. But it wasn't, uh, it wasn't like Tagalog masa at that time. They we were still doing Mejo. It's a bit badui, but very funny. So we would go there, and we would visit other stations as well. Um, but the only station I ever really auditioned for was, uh, was, was Campus Radio uh, in, in 1992, I think it was. Yeah. 1992, we were in college and, uh, uh, I went to the auditions and then Triggerman was the, the guy giving, uh, doing the auditions. We would line up outside and he, he auditioned, uh, he auditioned me and my batch. So it was a uh, very exciting, very exciting. So yeah, it was just campus radio at the time.
1: So who are your mentors at Campus Radio, John? And do you remember what training was like at the time? I want to hear all about it. But before you answer that, let me tell our listeners about our friends from Mr. Speedy. See, in this day and age, when you need to give something to your relatives or your friends like groceries, gifts, food, and so on, you're looking for an affordable same-day delivery service, right? Thankfully, Mr. Speedy's same-day delivery is as affordable as ever with their 5 pesos per kilometer rate. Want to hear something more exciting? They've got a special offer for you because you're a listener of On Deck. So get this, you can get 50 pesos off when you place your first delivery with Mr. Speedy when you use the code MRSPEEDYSTAN. That's M-R-S-P-E-E-D-Y-S-T-A-N. MRSPEEDYSTAN. You can book a delivery via their website, mrspeedy.ph, or you can download the Mr. Speedy app off the App Store, Google Play, and Huawei Mobile Gallery. This offer is available for Metro Manila, nearby provinces, and Cebu. So go check out Mr. Speedy and do it right now. All right, time to get back to my interview with John Hendricks. Who are your mentors at Campus Radio? And do you remember uh, what training was like uh, in 1992?
0: Oh, yeah. My mentors, uh, without a doubt, were uh, the mole um, and uh, the Trigger Man, of course, uh, these, these guys were very, very big in the 90s in campus, on campus radio. Uh, also, uh, the station manager, uh, Fred James, you know, these are great minds uh, to pick. You know, I mean, you can learn a lot from, from these guys. The late Fred James, he passed away a few years ago. Uh, but Trigger Man is still pretty much around. Training was very, you know, it, was, it wasn't very scientific. <laughs> it was uh-huh. just, okay, uh, here's a console and this is what you do you know this is how you do not screw up your show you know uh, volume levels and all that this is how you cue a song at the time you were still using 45s and lps so lots of vinyl so yeah. you had your turntables uh cds were just uh, coming you know cds were just uh becoming popular at that time uh and so if you had a cd player in the booth it's wow this is Super high tech uh, technology that we have here, a CD player. So you had to learn how to, you know, how, how to handle the console. You had to learn how to time uh, your intros. Uh, one of the things that I, I think old school, old school DJs uh, used to do very, very well. Nineteen ninety-two, old school. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, what what nights? What DJs used to do very well? And I, th- I think it's you know, I think. I think uh uh it, it's a pretty neat trick. You know, it's easy once you once you learn to do it, but uh it it, it sounds like it sounds magical when you when you hear it for the first time. People can go, How do you do that? How do you do that? So when you when the DJ talks over the intro, I'm sure you do this yes. a lot. So you, you, you talk over the intro while it's instrumental, while the instrumental is, is coming in, and just before the the beat drops or the vocals start, then you, you you say the call the call the call letters, the call signs, campus radio ninety seven point one, blah 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 blah. maintain this frequency and then and then the music and then the lyrics start. It it sounds very good. It sounds very good. There's a school there's a school of thought that goes you don't want to Talk over the music Because it's going to Oh, it's going to spoil purists
1: Right, right uh, I was yeah, going to ask you're... you about that Because uh, there, there are a lot of people Online now Especially these days yeah. When people have their own platform Their own YouTube Their own vlogs yeah, And whatever yeah, yeah. Where they like to bitch About radio DJs Talking <laughs> over the intros What's your take on that?
0: Oh, well, you know I think uh, Well, that, that, that's completely valid That's completely valid That point of view it's, it's valid But it's a different It's a different point of view Right? Of course, if uh, you were like Listening to if you were listening to uh, music on your own and you, should, you wanted to to appreciate, you know, or to soak up that awesome intro that's coming in, then, then that's all good. But uh, the format of the station of uh, Campus Radio and a lot of other stations is a pop format, and so more than just the music that you play, you have to you have to you have to present it. You have to keep the audience uh, engaged. You have to give a little bit more value. Because any schmuck can play uh, a song without introducing it right. so uh, you know you don't need a DJ to do that. you know you just play it on your play it on your music player, you know uh, but the dj's job is to, I think uh, the the dJ or the announcer's job uh, is to add a little bit more value to the product. I always saw music as uh, not not just a product, which, which it is it's also a, a work of art. You know, you, you have an artist, a creative mind who decided on a melody, who decided on a scale, who decided on what particular words to put into the lyrics. He decided on an idea uh, that would uh, be the core of, 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 of the message. And, and then he, you know, he had to sing it and he had to arrange it and he had to, you know, he had to create yeah. a song out of it. So that, this is, this The song, the finished product, is, is uh, the, the result of a very, uh, very personal and very uh, also professional process of songwriting. So I think it would be a bit um, of, of an injustice or a little bit unfair if I played something, say, like Englishman in New York, and I said, okay, it's Englishman in New York. Blah. All right. Enjoy. Uh, enjoy it. It's, and they just press you know, play. <laughs> but if I tell you that English in, Englishman in New York was inspired by a, an 80-year-old gay man uh, hmm. named Quentin Crisp, who moved to New York late in his life. This guy, Quentin Crisp, was gay in the 1920s, which meant that it was a dangerous time to be gay. right? So when you hear the, right. the lines, be yourself no matter what they say, that's not
1: there's an extra meaning. Yeah,
0: it. that no, not just the extra meaning. That is the meaning to it. That sting isn't just telling you, "Yeah, okay, be yourself, no matter what they say." He's saying that in the context that Quentin Crisp, in spite of everything, in spite of uh, stigma from society, you know, he's he's anathematized, you know, he's he's ostracized for his 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 uh, his sexual orientation. And he was a flamboyant gay. He, wasn't, he, he, didn't, he didn't hide it. And so uh, when this thing says, be yourself no matter what they say, he's talking about a very brave uh, homosexual you know, who, who stood up for his beliefs. And uh, so it, it gives you a deeper understanding into what Englishman in New York is about. And without even knowing it, every time you play Englishman in New York, it's an LGBTQ anthem. Nobody knows. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody knows. I didn't know. Yeah. This is like 1988 when the song came out and I didn't know until much later when the internet came out. So, wow. Oh my gosh, really? This is awesome. And that's, that's what you strive to do is that you, you want to. And now when you play English in New York, it has more value and it's going to resonate uh, with the listeners or some listeners. It doesn't have to resonate with everyone, you know, because everyone's going to listen to this and appreciate it on their own terms. And, um, But that's the beauty of it, you know. It could mean something to one person and a completely different thing to another person. And if you frame it, uh, those little bits of information, you frame it with insight, you frame it with with information if you like, then it adds value. It makes it more meaningful to the listener. And that was what we tried to do. And that's, you know, the, the opportunity you get to do that inside of your window is that little intro to the song, you know. And uh, Campus Radio, we had to play things tight. Uh, there was no ba You know, you couldn't like, yeah. you couldn't, I mean, we enjoy, we have the luxury now of talking for a long time. If you did this on, on, on like a pop station at prime time, people would tune out and you would have no listeners. Yes. So right. You have to keep it tight. And so inside of that 30-second window or 40-second window or 10-second window, you put in your, your information. You put in your insight. And hopefully, it'll make the song more meaningful, give it more value. Yeah, so that's that's... That's how we saw things back in
1: in campus radio. Yeah, I love how I got a dose of info pop in twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah. Holy you crap! Know, because
0: you need to know. Yeah,
1: really good stuff. To take it back to your training, do you have any horror stories of old school training? Because I remember when I was coming up, I would always hear these stories from my mentors. Na. oh, sa old school ganito like or booting agerito lang ginagawa namin. Sayo kasi hindi kasinasabon, hindi kasinisigawan. So uh, was it really as? I don't know, as scary as they made it out to be. Like, were people really shouted at and cussed at? I think I lost you there. there.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I think you did a little bit of dead air. <laughs> that's that's a horror story. Yeah, that was the thing. If you got dead air, then you would be, you know, you would be uh, summarily executed. That was that was that was something that you you that uh, that was a definite definite no no uh, during training. Is that there was no dead air. And, uh, there's a lot going on, as you know, in, in a radio station is while you're playing the music, you're preparing the next couple of songs, uh, you're doing your, your research on the song. You're trying to come up with something, uh, uh, something relevant, uh, to say, you know, and entertaining to say, um, at the same time, you have to, uh, l- you know, you have to, uh, fulfill your, uh, obligations to the sponsors, which means you got to, play commercials and, yep. and stuff. And so that's, that's all good during the training though. I, I have to say, I was very lucky. We were very lucky because we had great mentors, you know, um, um they weren't strict in the sense that they would, you know, they would, uh, they would, uh, what's this, uh, um, demean you or, uh, dehumanize you or, you know, treat you like a piece of mm-hmm. crap, you know? So, uh, they were very, they were very encouraging, you know, uh, and they were very, uh, they were strict, but they weren't unreasonably, you know, uh, uh, they weren't despots, you know, they weren't dictators or anything like that. They gave us a lot of, they gave us a lot of, uh, they gave us a lot of allowance to be ourselves. And so I, th- I think I was very lucky. I was very lucky to be part of that, to be part of that crew. They had been through enough themselves to, you know, to know when to, you know, to know when to, uh, to, when to reprimand you and when not to. But uh, they gave us a lot of freedom, and we're very lucky to have been mentored by by people like I mentioned, uh, Jimmy Jam. I've I mentioned Jimmy Jam, Jimmy Jam, and and Danny R and Fred James and and the uh, Mole and the Trigger Man and Master T, Danny R. You know these these guys, they were, they, they were already in there. I think uh, I think they're as old as I am. You know they were as old as I am now, when 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 we started, mm-hmm. and so they were very. They guided us through. They taught us a lot. So I'm, I have nothing but gratitude for what they imparted to us. So yeah, it was it was great training.
1: <laughs> which parts of being a DJ came easiest to you, and which parts did you struggle with when you were coming up?
0: I, I guess uh, I found it easy. The voice, the voice came 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 naturally. I have a, I have a natural baritone, so when you go on air uh, at that time, you know what you have are old school DJs modulate a lot, you know, you kind of like to modulate, you know, so it sounds like very radio yeah. DJ voice. and uh, So it works great on air. It's, it's a product, right? So it's, it's your, right. that's where your persona comes in. Right. So it sounds great on air. Sometimes, you know, if you have like a, a conversational voice, it might not be, it might not be assertive enough to introduce say, a song from Metallica, you know, or, uh, or uh, a song from say, um, uh, what other bands were we playing at the time, Collective Soul, say, or, uh, so it has to be, um, uh, had to, it, it had to adapt to the kind of song that you were playing. And if you could modulate your voice, then it just sort of helped, uh, with the presentation, with the presentation of, of, of the product. That came easy to me. Uh, that came easy to me. And also, I guess it helped that, uh, articulating ad libs was, 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 uh, was was all right, you know. I'm. Uh, I, I I used to I, I used to read a lot, and so it helps you. It helps you come out with uh, engaging uh, information. Of course, information is different from communication. So you have to you have to present it in a certain ways so that it it actually uh, is transmitted yeah. effectively and that so that the audience understands it. So yeah, that that came easy. What was difficult for me was more you know, on the uh, more, more of like an attitude, you know, I did have, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't an abrasive attitude, but I did have, I was passionate, very passionate about what, what we did at the time. Uh, And, uh, you know, I tended to be a bit, you know, I used to come on a little bit strong. So I think that ruffled a few feathers and, uh, and so, you know, things that could have been easier uh, Uh (laughs) became a little bit more difficult. Because of because of that, you know. I would have handled it differently if I if I if I knew then what I knew now about, you know, uh dealing with people. But you're young, you know, you're you're young at that time and you can be headstrong and uh, you know, no filter, you the trigger no filter.
1: Oh, I can relate. Yeah, so, you know, you
0: can you can be very <laughs> assertive and you're pissing off the wrong person and then later on you find out, oh, it's not so easy to do what I used to do without problems before. So yeah, yeah, that 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 was the most difficult thing. I mean the the actual on board stuff that was easy that was you you love that stuff you love it you know you love yeah. doing it that's what you live for you know going on air you know uh hopefully being able to mean something to someone out there you know that's 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 what uh that's what we were hoping to do equity you know uh you have a connection mm-hmm. with the audience uh and so that's what we were going for uh, the, the difficult part really was was uh, internal you know i mean the, the usual you run a business you have to deal with people and so that was more of a chore yeah. you know that was more of that was more of the uh, that was more of the challenge uh, back then you know you're in a group <laughs> you have to deal with people
1: were you a mascot major john and did you see yourself embarking on a career in media I want to know all about that John, but before you answer that, let me first tell our listeners that Shopee's big Christmas sale is happening on 11.11, so add to cart now. Free shipping 0 pesos minimum spend. And did you know that Shopee has given me a special affiliate link for On Deck as well? That's right. Before you go to the site or to the app, hit up tinyurl.com/ondeckxshopee. Again, go to this link tinyurl.com/ondeckxshopee. Add to Cart, and every checkout and every item delivered to your doorstep gives me and Podcast Network Asia a small commission to, again, help keep this podcast running. All right, time to get back to my interview with John Hendricks. Were you a on major? Like, Did you set yourself up really to be uh, a professional in, in communications and then now in your work in events?
0: No. Uh, actually, I took up uh, industrial design in, in UP. Uh, but it helped. It helped a lot. Uh, industrial design because they teach you how to design um, products, uh, uh, products uh, for end users, uh, mm-hmm. and so it was very, it was it was impressed upon us early on. You know, in college, that uh, whatever uh, whatever product that you come up with should be designed well, uh, ergonomically economically, financially, how much is it going to cost to make this thing? Will it make sense to the person using it? And so when I got into radio, I sort of brought that along, you know, it's uh, that if we were going to design a product or a show, uh, then it should mean something to the end user, you have to balance it out. Because a lot of the time decisions are made about on air shows and, and products that only tend to fulfill the desires of the people on the show, and uh, right. it's it's not it's not uncommon even today to be listening to a show and feel like you're an outsider, and they're having their own little conversation amongst themselves. So uh, that's what uh, I guess that's what industrial design teaches you, because a uh, a product that only serves a few people is is not going to work you have to, at, at least in, in radio, you have to design a product that, uh, that uh, fulfills the requirements or, the, or uh, satisfies the desires of a lot of, of more people. And that's what uh, radio was about. So that when we came up with stuff, then, uh, then uh, one of the boundary conditions or one of the requirements was to make sure that more people would appreciate it, would appreciate it, whether it was music or, or the way that it was presented. Um, one of the things that you take for granted is uh, the amount of time a DJ speaks. And DJs are a dull, dull. I mean, we, we naturally love to, you know, to just rattle on, you know. Uh, so yep. uh, a little bit of discipline uh, is, is required. I don't know if discipline is a term, but, it's a, but uh, just a little bit of self-control, I guess, uh, so that uh, you don't tend to, you don't tend to talk too much because it's going to turn people off. Uh, and people are not going to be listening to your show uh, in no time if, uh, if you don't give them their music, so at least in, in the case of Campus Radio. So that's one thing that uh, I guess when we would speak to, to MASCOM, uh students and speak to MASCOM, uh majors uh, when we were invited, we would give them that real-world, uh, the, our, our real-world uh, advice. I mean, surprisingly, they don't teach this when you're in school in Mascom. Yeah, they don't. You know, so they don't. They, they don't teach it. They, they don't teach it. Uh, it's very. It's, I mean, they teach a lot. It's very idealistic. There are some things that uh, that you can learn about broadcasting communications outside of, of mass communication.
1: I was gonna say earlier before we got cut off that uh, it blows my mind that you're in Isco as well. I'm also from UP. Uh, I went to UP Mascom. and every time I hear about Isco and Isca or in radio, um. I don't know it just really makes me feel good just because I don't think a lot of people imagine that you go to the top university in the country and then find yourself a career in radio. Especially when people say na oh hindi kayo hindi naman kikita jan, or uh, even worse when when people have this um, assumption or this misconception about the craft as oh it's too easy for you or or whatever. So um, the more of of uh, the the more UP grads are there, the more that it validates, I guess, the the career path that I eventually chose and that you once chose. So yeah,
0: you know, you, UP is gonna. It's great to know that you're from UP. I'll tell you something about UP. It's gonna screw you over. I mean, screw your mind, man. Uh, UP, <laughs> UP makes you an idealist. You know, it makes you want to make the world better. That's what I. That's what I learned from from UP. And uh, if there are, you know, scholar uh, number scholars Nambayan, you know, who are on the air, then you know that there's a pretty good chance that uh, what they're going to do is going to be for the better good, you know? So, yeah, I mean, all for it. You know, if you're from UP, you're on radio, that's awesome. That's awesome. I'm, you know, when they say that there's no money in it, that's probably true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's probably true. Yes, it is. It's, it's, it's probably true. Um, and as a result, you'll find on radio – these days, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's nothing bad about that. It's because, you know, there's very little um, money in radio. You find people on radio these days who are not necessarily, you know, who, who don't necessarily need the money. You know, they're in it because they love the, you know, going on air. So I, I think, yeah, but that's always been the case anyway. And then you'll find crazy people, you know, who don't care about the money. You know, but They, they, <laughs> they just love going on air and doing their thing. So, yeah, there are all sorts of... All sorts, but always hats off to anyone from UP, MassCom, especially, on radio these days. You know they make radio a better place.
1: Oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, that, that's high praise coming from you. <laughs> when did you finally become John Hendrix, and how did you come up with the air name? I mean, obviously it's a, is it a Jimi Hendrix reference?
0: Oh no. Um, let's see. Uh, the name came early in, in, on campus aircheck. Uh, they told us to come up with names for ourselves, so yeah, I was coming up with all sorts of ridiculous. You know, monikers, uh, on-air names. You know, I, I forget what they are, but I know that they were terrible. You know, and the and and the senior DJ who was who was uh, in charge of uh, approving our on-air names was the mole, and I gave him a list, and he said, "What the hell kind of a list is this? You know, none of these are, none of this is going to get on. This none of this is going to work." And he says, "What's your name?" And I said, "My name's John. What's your whole name? Said, is it John Hendricks Hernandez? My last name is Hernandez." Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, you're you're gonna be John Hendricks. That's it. That's your name. Oh, so that's your given name? Yeah, that's my name. So oh, okay. If you're here on air. This That's my name. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's it's John Hendricks. My 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 last name is Hernandez, but uh, uh, my first two names are John Hendricks. So yeah, uh, you say that's you. You're John Hendricks, and I go that 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 doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it's just it's just my name. You know, it doesn't mean anything. It's not like the mole, or it's not like Trigger man, yeah, you know, I mean, it's a tr- tr- trigger man. Mm-hmm. It's just a stupid. It's just it's my name. It's just my name. Unremarkable. Now that's your name. Okay, fine. All right, it's, it's, you know, I guess it's stuck. You know, so.
1: Angaling because uh, you come from that generation or from all those generations. Now everybody had a, uh, had a handle. Everybody had yeah, that catchy yeah. name. Even <laughs> yeah. the generation that slightly came before mine, midzoganun pareh. With uh, Josh Strike, for example, or Aaron Tyde's right, yeah, former yeah. air name. So when I was getting into radio, I was thinking of all these cool names that I could use. And then um, I just introduced myself as Stan one morning, and then I na ko. Hey, Stan's coming up next. And walana, it got stuck. So that's also really my name. <laughs>
0: And that's also your real name. Well, oh, yeah. All right. Everyone who uses a real name on air, awesome. Very, very good. And now your name is a verb. So yeah. I,
1: <laughs> Thanks,
0: Eminem. <laughs> and my name was always, you know, it's always, you know, uh, associated with toilets. So I guess. That's not that. <laughs> but you become immune to that because you get that a lot growing up. Yeah. So, ah, okay. When you're, you know, oh, John. All right, fine, fine. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's how that's how we got our names. That's how we got it.
1: Who strategized the branding ng Campus Radio, and how did that all come together? Campus Radio
0: was, uh, I think, they, they, before Campus Radio 97.1, this is the station, radio station of GMA, uh, was called The Giant. Mm-hmm. They used to call themselves The Giant because at that time, GMA had put up this very, very tall transmission tower in Barangay Culiat in, in Tandang Sora. And it was like 777 feet high. So <laughs> Big-ass tower.
1: I see what they did there.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it, it, the Giants. So it's a giant tower. They, they named the station the Giant, 97.1. And then later on, I think late 80s or very early 90s, they had an insight about nobody really catering to students. Uh, and, you know, that was, that was a eureka moment, really, for uh, – for the stations that uh, they say, okay, let's, let's, let's make a radio station for students, for high school, grade school, college students. You spend half your life in school. That's a massive market, you know. And so they, uh, they reformatted it. Tur- turned it turned into campus radio. It was a fantastic idea because it caught on immediately. Now students had a place to go, you know, a, a station that represented them, that resonated with them. And it was a fantastic format. It was a pop format. So it reached the widest possible audience. But using the name Campus Radio sort of crystallized the concept. And it, uh, it solidified the, the equity with, with the market. And yeah, it was a fantastic idea. You know, it was a fantastic idea.
1: At what point did you know that you'd made it big? Because campus radio was magic before magic. At least that's what I always say to the younger generation who wasn't familiar with campus radio in its heyday. I want to know all about that, John. But before you answer that, let me tell our listeners once again that you can help out On Deck through your online shopping this 1111. Lazada's got a special affiliate link for On Deck, which you can check out before you go to the app or to the site. So go hit up tinyurl.com slash ondeckxlazada. Again, that's tinyurl.com slash ondeckxlazada. Every item that you check out from your cart and that gets delivered to your doorstep gives me and Podcast Network Asia a small commission to keep operations alive right here. And since it's 1111, here's a special offer from us. You can use our special code, PNA1111LAZ. That's PNA1111LAZ. Again, PNA1111LAZ to get 111 pesos off your first purchase on Lazada. That's a great deal that you better take advantage of on Lazada's biggest one-day sale as we get closer towards Christmas. So again, use my link, tinyurl.com slash ondeckxlazada. And if it's your first Lazada purchase, use the code PNA1111LAZ to get 111 pesos off. All right, it's time to get back to more of my interview with John Hendricks. Was there a point when you know that you had made it as a radio DJ and by extension, I guess, that the station had known that it had made it because uh, it had cultivated this, this big market base?
0: Yeah, well, uh, when, when I got to Campus Radio, it was, already, it was already enjoying massive popularity at the time. I mean, they, they, they invented student DJs. You know, I mean, before Campus Aircheck came on, there was nothing like it. You know, you just only had interns, you know, but uh, they were the ones who came up with the idea. All right, let's put, let's put these, 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 these noobs on the air. You know, they don't know what to then Let's teach them how to become, become DJs. Lucky for me. Cause I, that's, uh, that's the platform I learned on, mm-hmm. learned from. Um, so campus radio was already pretty much established at that time. And trigger man and the mole and, and Jimmy jam, they were, you know, they were, they were, uh, <laughs> no, that's those guys, you know, so it was all, They were, they were, when they turned into campus radio, that was, that was when, you know, the, uh, the format, it just really took off, you know, lightning in a bottle, you know, it's, it, 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 it took off. So, um, as for me, I guess, it's pretty simple. After going through the auditions and surviving several batches, they finally offered me a job, and I said, oh, "Yeah, I'd, I'd love to do that." You know, work for peanuts doesn't matter. Uh, you know, you're young; you, you you don't have that many obligations. So, yeah, let's do this. So, I did it, uh, and yeah, you were you know you're 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 sort of like uh, growing your brand, growing your brand. People never really talked like that back then. You're growing your brand, uh, and then making connections, making friends in the industry. And, uh, one time, yeah, this is the one time, but the senior DJs could, one of the really cool things about being a DJ, of course, I'm sure, you know, is that you get a lot of freebies from the record companies, right? So lots of merchandise and stuff and all, all the, all the jocks, uh, from Trigger Man to Danny R to everyone, everyone was getting the most awesome CDs, right? The most awesome albums given to them for free, of course. So... I never got that. <laughs> I never, I never did, you know? So I, you know, I, you think I could, you know, oh, who are you? You're, you know, you're a student DJ, you know? But uh, one day I, I made a, I made a request. I think it was from Warner, uh, Warner music. And I asked for, I'm a, I'm a Batman fan. So I asked for Batman forever came out, uh, It had a great soundtrack. So you, you would have, you know you too was on it and seal kiss from a rose yes i was,
1: on I was it. about to say yeah that
0: was like from the batman forever soundtrack it's an awesome soundtrack it's uh massive attack is on there you know um uh when the hunter when the hunter becomes the game i i forget uh, but lots of really, really great songs on, you know? And I was asked, I, I requested, you know, what the heck I requested for the album. That's the very first album that I ever got from a, record, uh, a recording company. I said, hey, you know, hmm, I must be, you know, uh, I must be doing something, right? I got a free CD. That was the first free CD I ever got. It was the Batman Forever soundtrack. So yeah, I, yeah. That, what was that, 1995? At that point, I had been on radio since it was 1992. So yeah, okay, all right, cool. <laughs> I got a free CD. So I guess that was one of the signs, I guess. Okay, all right, yeah. Uh, at least now I've got a little, a little bit of, you know, a little bit of clout. <laughs> Not much, but a little bit, enough to get a, uh, a free CD. Woo-hoo! Who came up with
1: InfoPop and all those memorable segments and shows on campus?
0: Oh, well, uh, InfoPop, that was, that, was, that was my idea. Um, and it, uh, it, it, it came out, because of the need, well, not the need, what I thought was the, uh, what I thought would make uh, a song more meaningful, like, like we discussed, like we meet Bento earlier, but we needed, you know, we needed audience participation. So I think one way to make it more engaging and interactive was to have people phone in their questions and uh, we would answer them about the song. And so you know, you got all sorts of questions. You got people calling in and they want to know the height of Britney Spears or you know, when such and such band was formed or who the bassist of this band was or you know, what does this song mean and uh and all that stuff. You know, so we had a lot of regular callers who would call in and they have their questions ready. If there was no question then we would just, you know, we would just we would just uh uh, come up with something uh, to say about the song. Anyway, the idea about info pop uh, was, was was three things. Was what we taught the student DJs at the time: it was tight, lively, and smart. Those three things: tight, lively, and smart. Tight meaning to say, if you had to do an ad lib, it would have to be tight inside of that intro, inside of that twenty to thirty second intro. Uh, lively because we were a pop station; it had to be, you know, it had to be, you know, you had to modulate, or you had mm-hmm. to, you know, you can't. Not conversationally. This is a pop station, so you have to be lively and you have to, you know, energize the song. And then smart, um, meaning to say, well, the, the, well, for goodness' sake, don't don't sound like a complete idiot when you say something on the air. You know, say something that, say something that uh, if someone listens to right. you, uh, they can, you know, consciously or unconsciously go, yeah, okay, this this guy's, you know, or this 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 girl knows knows what they're talking about. You know, and uh, it's one of the things about, uh, it's, it's, it's easy, easy to sound good on radio. It's easy to sound good on radio. And you can get away with a lot of bullshit mm-hmm. just because you sound good on radio. You know, because you've mastered the language and you can, you know, you can be very persuasive with the way that you speak. Yep. And a lot of it is garbage, you know. So we wanted to be very self-conscious and self-aware that what we put out wasn't necessarily or, you know, never deliberately garbage. It's what we always thought would be something meaningful to, to the listeners. And it was a lot of work because, you know, that was a change in when you, when you train kids who want to become DJs, they want to be the popular ones who just, you know, they love to, people love to talk about themselves on the air, you know? So, and sometimes that's just not, that just won't work with an audience. It it won't connect, you know, they're not listening just because of you. They're listening because your job is to give them music that they love and make the music that they love sound even better. So that's, that's how we approached it. And when we came up with Info Pop, that was one way of, of making the music even better, You know, even more meaningful. It was your, if it was your favorite song for some reason, then probably you'd give you another reason to love the song. And uh, that, yeah, that, that, that was the idea behind Infopop. A lot of work, a lot of work. It was a hell of a lot of work doing the, uh, doing the especially if you get a question at the beginning of the song, and you got two, three minutes to look up the answer.
1: Uh huh. And in the early days of the internet, at that.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we would have like I, we'd have like a book, you know, beside us, and you know, or or magazines, so that we could look up these these. uh Or we would have information already, but the internet was new at that time, and that was really a boon, you know. We, oh my gosh, we can do. And there were like websites that you could go to, about certain artists and certain songs. So yeah, but it was you know it's. The reason why you need it also to be smart is mean to say you have to get several paragraphs of information, and like you know, being in, in MassCom, information is not the same as communication. you've got to've you've, to, uh, you've got to transpose it, you've got to turn it into something that can be digested by the listener. So if you say it in a way in a language that uh, doesn't connect. Then yeah. it's useless. You know, there's no communication unless the listener or the viewer or the audience understands the information. So we had to make it understandable, palatable, digestible, and so we transpose the written word into something uh, that's uh, more authentic, uh, spoken. So that takes a little bit of you know, it's counterintuitive. So you have to you have to break it down. Uh, but once you get the hang of it, yeah, it, it becomes simple. It becomes easier.
1: Was there ever a question or a song, or was there a question about a song that you just couldn't answer? Because you just ran out of time or you couldn't find a source or a reference or anything?
0: Yeah, of course. That, that happened a lot. You know, that happened a lot. So um, a lot. Uh, what we would do is we would, oh, you have to gauge, can I answer this question?
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Can I actually answer this question?
1: In like two to three minutes.
0: Yeah. If it's too difficult, uh, if, it, if it needs more time, then if you can, really can't answer the question, you, you can only be honest about it. You can say, we, we come back to you on that. We're still digging a little bit deeper. Yeah. But there have been times that some questions were like, oh no, we, we can't find it right now. You know, What's, what's the height of some, some artist? You know, yeah. what, What's the age of some? Th- that became easier as time went by. Right. Because the databases were beginning to grow already. You know about the profiles but yeah there were, there were lots of questions that uh, you know you can't answer, but most of them were pretty basic pretty simple related to the song related to the band fans love to know about you know uh, at that time where is where is Green Day right now mm-hmm. and their webs their websites would have concert dates and you could say oh right now they're in this place you know uh, it, it seemed very trivial and it was but that's relative if you're a big fan and it's, that's, that's, that's big news for you. So yeah, it really wasn't, it really shouldn't be about what the DJ thinks is, is important or valuable or funny or, you know, meaningful. You have to put yourselves in the shoes of the audience.
1: Angaling, because uh, Infopop basically influenced the way I did uh, my adlibs and how I like to also rattle off trivia about uh, the artist or the song or whatever. So uh, hearing it straight from you, how how this all came about is is nuts. It's mind blowing to me.
0: <laughs> that's that's great to hear. But fa- thanks, thanks for uh, letting me know. At least you know uh, we did it. You know to make radio a better place. You know, and if it's going to like, I keep using the word meaningful. If it means something to someone out there, then yeah, you're, you know you're on the right track. You're doing, you're doing the right thing.
1: All right, I'm going to cut the interview with John Hendricks right here for now because there's so much more to come and I'm going to save it for next week's episode where he talks about his worst interview to date and a very interesting interview with one Eddie Buendia back when... Nobody really would touch him, which is kind of weird now since he's a living legend and an icon of OPM. But yeah, John Hendricks has those stories, plus his account of where he was the day campus radio died. All of that and more coming in next week's episode. Before I go, here's one more way you can support On Deck and Podcast Network Asia through your online shopping, especially since ng mag Eleven Eleven. If you're going to do your shopping on Shopee, please go to this link first tinyurl.com slash ondeckxshopee. Again, go to this link, tinyurl.com slash ondeckxshopee. It'll take you straight to the site or to the app. Add your items to the cart, then check them out come 11.11. And every item that gets delivered to your doorstep gives me and Podcast Network Asia a small commission to help keep the lights on and help keep this operation running. If you wanna know more about me and check out the other stuff I work on, you can hear me on Wave 89.1's The Morning Takeover alongside Debbie Ten, We're on air from 7 to 10 a.m., Monday to Friday. And this week, we've got a special interview with up-and-coming rapper Taylor Bennett. He's the younger brother of Chance the Rapper. That should be available on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash wave891FM. And speaking of Facebook, you can also find my other podcast, The Wrestling Wrestling Podcast, on Facebook as we do our weekly live streams. That's Thursdays at 7 p.m. We also stream live on Kumu at the same time, so follow us there at Wrestling Wrestling Pod. And if you want to check out our exclusive audio-only episodes for this week, we've got the founding father of pro wrestling in Malaysia, Shaukat, as he talks about his new company, APAC Wrestling, and how it plans to change the game in the Southeast Asian region. You can also book me for your shoutouts if you have anybody you want me to say hi to, a birthday greeting, a wrestling promo, or, I don't know, some words of advice, whatever I can pull out of my butt out of 30 years that I've lived. You can book me at shoutout.com. That's S-H-A-W-T-O-U-T.com. Shoutout.com. Book me or my other cohorts from MSG or even my friends Jake DeLeon and Ken Warren. And let's represent Philippine Wrestling out there through our Shoutouts. All right, time to put this episode to bed. I gotta get out of here. Before I do that though, thank you so much to Babyface producer Nikai Lucanias and the rest of the Podcast Network Asia family for helping me put these episodes together. And thank you for downloading, subscribing, sharing, telling people that this podcast exists, for messaging me about your requests for those DJs you want me to hit up. I really appreciate it. To everybody who's been using my links to these respective online shopping sites it really helps me a lot thank you so much and i've got nothing but love for everybody who supports on deck in their own way until the next episode and the next part of john hendrix's interview this has been on deck with stan c thank you very much and i hope i've earned the privilege of your time